Welcome to the Lancaster Patriot Podcast. My name is Chris Hume. I'm the managing editor of the Lancaster Patriot, a newspaper serving Lancaster County, Pennsylvania, and beyond. Our podcast today is brought to you by Park Hill Jewelry, located right here in Lancaster County in Ephrata. For over 30 years, Park Hill Jewelry has been one of the most trusted names in jewelry in central Pennsylvania. 5 West Main Street in Ephrata or go to parkhilljewelry.com. Uh, ask for Bernie. Tell him that the Lancaster Patriot sent you. Well, today we're going to be talking with, we have a guest on the line here. We have Gabe Wrench, who Gabe is a deacon at uh, King's Cross Church in Idaho. And uh, Gabe has been on the news recently regarding uh, being arrested for not wearing a mask at a psalm singing event. Gabe, thanks for joining us today. Hey, thanks for having me, Chris. Appreciate your time. Hey, Gabe, can you just kind of give us, uh, for those that aren't aware, give us a brief synopsis here of what led to you being put in handcuffs for not wearing a mask? <laughs> well, that's a funny way to ask that question. You know, like most cities and states in 2020, uh, around March and April, our my local mayor and city council shut down businesses in downtown because of the threat of a coronavirus pandemic. And they shut down downtown, I mean, even before we had one case one known case of covid in our community so they uh, shut it down and obviously their shutdown is what brought the coronavirus to our town because there's no cases before the shutdown but anyways um and 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 then in july of 2020 they signed into a a a resolution a health emergency resolution that required everyone to mask outside if they could not stand six feet apart from each other. So you had to stand six feet apart. Um, and if you, if you couldn't stand six feet apart, then you need to wear a mask. So that was the order basically. And it was outside. I'm like at the park, everything It was insanity. And so my church, the way we protest overreaching tyrants is we go sing Psalms and hymns and, and downtown. And, and so we did that a couple times. Black lives matter also did that during that time too. No arrests, no citations there. They weren't singing and, Psalms, and, were they? No, but they also weren't holding Molotov cocktails. So it's a peaceful Black Lives Matter protest. Okay. Uh, but no arrests, no citations there. And then we kept challenging. The city council would meet every 30 days to extend the order. And so they extended the end of July. And then they met again, extended the, you know, at the end of August, extended through September. And then September 21st of uh, Monday, September 21st of 2020, they began to extend the order. And they decided to extend it through January 5th. So our pastor, well, let's go sing Psalms again, but this time let's go to City Hall. So September 23rd, that Wednesday, we went to City Hall. We'd, we'd go after work, like at 5 o'clock, as everyone's kind of getting off work, we'd go. And there's about 200 families and men and women and kids and some community members, too, outside of our church that were there. And when we got to the City Hall parking lot, this is – the story is just – hilarious in so many ways but when we got to the city hall parking lot the mayor paid had city ordered city staff to spray paint circles every six feet apart okay. so every six feet apart it were circles like polka dots in the parking lot so they could objectively see that we were standing six feet apart from each other or not and there was cops lined up against the wall of city hall i mean it looked like almost like a uh, you know a riot task force situation where all these cops are lined up right. waiting for something bad to happen and then they we started singing and they off, uh, the officer 
uh, first officer walked up to my mom who was standing next to me because he's a coward and <laughs> went and talked to a woman first. And my mom said, I'm with, I'm, I'm with my son. And of course, under COVID coronavirus logic, family members are safe with each other on the, on the coronavirus. Okay. Uh, but then I put my arm around my buddy, uh, Tyler. And I said, this is my friend, Tyler. And the cop asked, and then the cops proceeded to ask me for my driver's license. And I said, officer, I'm not giving my driver's license. I'm exercising my First Amendment rights. You swore an oath to defend my First Amendment rights against a mayor, against a domestic enemy like our mayor is acting right now. And uh, and then we went back and forth for about four times. And then he said, I'm asking you one more time. Please give me your license. And I said, officer, you're wrong. No. And then the, you can watch the video. The most eerie thing about the whole video was him taking my Psalter, my hymn book away from me. And handcuffing me. Mm-hmm. He had to take my hymn book away and cuff me. And it was just crazy. So I got arrested under the health emergency order that said you had to mask where you could not stand six feet apart out in public. And so that's what they arrested me, cited me for misdemeanor, breaking that resolution. And in that resolution, here's what's crazy about that resolution. In that resolution alone, it also says your First Amendment rights are protected. So even even embedded, even recognized, the, the, the resolution additionally goes to the extra efforts to, to remind everybody that your First Amendment rights are still protected, and they still arrested me. Wow. Um, so that's, I think, um, since you're giving me a floor, I think there's two reasons why they arrested me. Is for one was, I was a political opponent. I was actually running for county commissioner that year. Mm-hmm. Um uh, and they were all against me. None of them voted for me. I was a, I was a outspoken critic and represented a, uh, a significant minority in our community. I'm in a liberal city, so Idaho's conservative. I'm in one of the only. There's two liberal counties in Idaho, and I'm in one of them. Okay. But I represented a large um, minority who was against all of this shenanigans, and so they politically targeted me. And then, of course. They religiously discriminated against me because a lot of the community were mad at my church for protesting these health emergency orders. And so there's a religious target on our back because we were exercising our First Amendment rights and they didn't want us and they didn't want um, us to get away with challenging their authority. And so that's why um, I was arrested. That's why we were targeted at that event uh, and everything. So that's kind of the gist of it. Yeah, and I've watched the video, and I encourage our listeners to, I'll put a link for it here in the description to watch that video, because as you mentioned, it is, it's eerie, it's disturbing, um, it's, it's sad, and I want to talk more about that with you here on, on this issue of courage and, and these magistrates, but, um, so you mentioned those two reasons, because when you watch the video, I don't know if there's more footage, I didn't see anyone else uh, cuffed and taken away, um, did they just cuff you and not take anyone else away? No, there was a another couple, Rachel and Sean Bonet, who were arrested on the other side. It, there's some other video footage that captures their arrest, uh, and they are arrested on the other side uh, of of the crowd. What's the uh, logic though? Why why were those? Why were just the three of you cuffed? Uh, if they were cuffed as well, I'm not sure. But why were the three of you arrested and no one else? I think they had to make an example out of me, and I think they. They, they had to cover their grounds a little bit and make sure they get a couple more people. Okay. Okay. Now, I want you to just kind of, are you uh, are you planning to run again for county commissioner? 
Uh, you know, I right now, so I so just a quick story on the county commissioner thing. Um, I think more people should be running for county commissioner. I ran because our county commissioners, I, I signed up before the pandemic started in March <laughs> to run mm-hmm. in 2020. And when the pandemic came, I was like, oh, my goodness, my run for county commissioner is taking on a whole new meeting. But I signed up. Uh, because our county commissioners had raised, voted to raise taxes four years in a row in our county, making our county the second highest tax per, per house county in, in Idaho. So that's what I originally signed up for. And I had two years there because my kids were young enough to where um, I knew I had two years to run as county commissioner and there's a two-year seat. Uh, and so right now I'm focusing on kind of raising my kids and do, running my businesses. Uh, but eventually um, I will, I, I'm involved in politics, but not running for politics right now. Sure. I want you to, if you can explain a little bit more for our listeners, you, you mentioned a word, I think you, you used the word coward to describe the police officer. And uh, one of the things we try to do on the Lancaster Patriot podcast is apply the biblical worldview to every area of life, including the civil realm. And what you brought up there is, is, is very interesting because you've basically touched on the doctrine of nullification, the lesser magistrate. Can you just expand yep. on that, you know, your thought process behind that? I know you approach this uh, from a Christian perspective. I've, I've listened to some of your stuff, watched some of it online. I encourage listeners, which, by the way, where can they go to, to listen to uh, some of the podcasts you're on? Yeah, so crosspolitic.com is our website. Crosspolitic, Jesus is Lord over politics. Crosspolitic.com is our website, and they can find everything from there. You know, I was running for county commissioner, so I was not a, an official lesser magistrate. But a running for a magistrate position, I knew that I had to um, become or, or be an example of what a public figure, what a magistrate should look like. And so that's why, I mean, I, when, when in March 2020, our mayor shut down downtown businesses, I immediately, uh, three weeks into it, I led an open up business rally and had hundreds of businesses, hundreds of people from actually all over northern Idaho come to this rally and protested at city hall. So I was already leading kind of re, un, uh, resistance against unconstitutional mandates and petty tyrannical mayor and our, against our petty tyrannical mayor and city council. And so that was, that's a, the duty of a magistrate is in the lesser magistrate in this situation. And someone who's running as a lesser magistrate in this situation is to um, speak out against tyranny and as best of your building as strategically as possible, resist uh, that tyranny. And so I had already been kind of exercising that as someone who's running for county commissioner. In addition to this, I was also a deacon of my church. So I, I kind of had a number of hats there, where as a, as a leader at my church, I, it, was a, um, it was important for me to be a, an example of how we should be resisting. And, and thankfully, I wasn't the only one. I wasn't like a lone in no way was I like a lone ranger and all that. In fact, you know, my pastors, um, Pastor Doug and Toby, had been teaching on this issue for a long time. They had been practicing it. A bunch of people in my church had been practicing resisting. They would go to, you know, stores and not wear masks. They would go uh, out in public and not wear masks. So I, I, I wasn't like this this lone ranger in my city. Um, but I knew from my positions, I, I, it was important for me to kind of exercise that now the other factor in all this that was kind of weird and eerie was that they had never cited um anybody for breaking this resolution they never cited anybody Hmm. um my 
my arrest was the first time they enforced it and cited someone for it. So they went from like, and, and that was in the six month span that these various resolutions were put in place from March to September. So they um, went from zero to a hundred miles an hour to and enforced it and it to the point of physical arrest and wrongful imprisonment. Yeah, and again, I encourage everyone to watch that and watch that psalm singing event. Obviously, a very peaceful event, and uh, you are you know handcuffed and taken off, and you, you see you conversing there with the police officer. So I just want to push that a little bit more so our listeners can understand here what what you're talking about. Uh, when you talk about the lesser magistrate and the highest authority here, because people respond to this and say, well, you know, these police officers, uh, they're just doing their job. Uh, and if they don't follow the quote unquote laws or mandates, uh, we're going to have chaos. And uh, just touch on that a little bit more. I know you, you've, you've dealt with this issue. You've studied it. As we are at a, a point in history now where I think more Christians are thinking about this, you know, what, what is the place for nullification and kind of where, where do we ground that and how we move forward with that idea? Yeah, and, and um, you know, I mentioned that the officer was acting like a coward. Um, I mentioned that kind of in passing as he approached my mom first and didn't approach me first, who I was standing literally right there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but he went up to my mom first. The officer um, was a coward on a number of levels. You know, every officer and mayor for that matter, and city council member for that matter, they swear an oath to defend the Constitution against foreign and domestic enemies. Um, And so that officer was a coward to his own oath that he had swore. That officer was a a coward in how he even was trying to enforce the, you know, let's go to the vulnerable, you know, grandma Mm -hmm. in the community. You know, let's start there and try to enforce it there. Right. Um, and then that officer was a coward and not standing up to his own chief of police and not standing up to the mayor um, and reminding them that what they're doing is wrong. Um, and and so, uh, yeah, I, I, you want to get a, a nullification here. And I think I think the the. When when laws are not righteous laws, not only according to God's word, but also according to the highest law of the land which is our constitution. So the highest law of the land is not a person in the United States, not a king. The highest law of the land is the constitution. And so I got, I can't tell you how many people, you know, when I got arrested, Relevant Magazine, um, there's a number of kind of Christian journalist outlets that just got on me Hmm. for disobeying Romans 13. Hmm. Saying, oh man, you are not, you were not um, following your your authorities in, in your town that God gave God gave you those authorities and you're resisting them. But the problem is, I was I was following Romans thirteen. I absolutely was following Romans thirteen because our local authorities was diso- They were disobeying Romans thirteen. They weren't following the highest law in the land, which is the Constitution. And in Idaho, our our Idaho Constitution express, expressly explicitly references the United States Constitution as the highest law in the land. And so I was appealing to the greater authority, the higher authority, um, instead of this arbitrary human authority that was in front of us in our local city. And yet I got lambasted um, uh, by, you know, Christian Christian journalists, Christian magazines, Christian news organizations throughout the U.S. because I wasn't practicing Romans 13. And so it is the duty 
of of us to not recognize illegitimate laws in our, you know, of course now a lot of people usually apply this to jury nullification, mm -hmm. but I think you can absolutely, you absolutely should apply it to, um, uh, uh, you know, citizens just living out their everyday lives in the midst of tyrannical laws. I mean, imagine, imagine if the churches, if none of them would have in, uh, shut down in 2020, we would not have had a pandemic at all. Right. There would have been no pandemic period because those churches would have said those laws are not legitimate laws and we are not going to recognize them as legitimate laws. And I, I don't think the pandemic ever would have happened. Maybe in pockets, maybe in liberal pockets, it might have tried to they try, might have tried to force it its way through. But nationwide, it never would have happened if just the lesser church magistrates would have not recognized, would have nullified, would have not recognized those laws as legitimate in our land. Yeah, and that's something we we discuss uh, fairly often on here. And this idea of the only way tyranny can prosper is if people are willing to prop it up. And we've had cases in, in our county here where uh, an Amish farmer is faced with fines and jail time because he sells organic food, you know, through his private food club. Well, the only way that gets to the point where he's before a judge and facing hundreds of thousands of dollars is because men are willing to enforce that wicked mandate. So I think your case is a great example of that. And you showed, you know, the nation, hopefully more people will, will see this, that there's a standard above, you know, man's standard. And will these, yeah. if, we, if we don't have men of courage willing to say, you know what, I'm not going to do this, then this stuff's going to keep happening. I mean, why is it in the church, though? Why is it in the church that people are so prone to you know, just defer everything, go to Romans 13 and, and say, is it just a, de a desire to not rock the boat? What do you think's going on there? Well, and you think, this is why it's so important for Christians to build real Christian community in their towns. Um, because if I was just by myself in all this and trying to resist the magistrates and trying to resist the masking order and the social distancing and all that stuff, um, I would have, my, my lunch would have gotten to eat. Mm -hmm. But I had, you know, multiple churches behind me in town, multiple, um, uh, you know, groups of patriots behind me. And so uh, when I got arrested, the pressure on the city council and mayor, they never enforced the mandate after that arrest. Wow. It was done. Wow. They extended it through January, and then they extended it through, like, May, which was hilarious when they voted to extend it through May. No one was listening. Everyone was done. And they stopped enforcing it. And so... Um, it's important, I think, first to build, you know, really um, uh, authentic kind of Christian community in town where they, uh, you know, where God's word is at the center, worship is at the center. And and then you have a basis, a foundation to start even being able to kind of work out and practice, you know, like this nullification in this lesser magistrate situation. My sheriff, he told me that he's a good sheriff. He said, you know, if I was to stand out in the streets by myself and the federal government comes down main street. Well, I'm, I'm toast. I, I can't, I can't resist a federal government by myself in the middle, you know, downtown Moscow. Now, if I stood out in my streets and had a whole community behind me, well, that's all of a sudden you have a foundation to actually to, to resist from. And so that's, that's where I would want to start with this conversation. It's like, man, we got it. We got to do a better job building Christian community. I mean, you're in Pennsylvania, the Amish get this. You know, the minute I, they don't practice half of the government regulations that are <laughs> that are that are uh, eating away at small businesses, 
mm-hmm. um, they built their own communities. They don't pay attention to this a lot of this stuff. And so we need to get back into that situation where even if your governor is kind of a tyrant and, and just, um, you know, a, a current political hack of our time, which is pretty common, um, even if your governor does some stuff, well, your local community is going to be largely protected by this because you guys are all on the same page and they aren't going to come in. They can't come in and arrest the whole community. So this also goes back to your question. They couldn't have arrested everybody in my church, mm-hmm. you know, all 200 people there and bring them into the, to the jail cell. They don't even have enough room for that. Right. You know? And so, um, community, local community is so important in all this. And, 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 and then that also it helps your local magistrate, your lesser magistrate actually be able to accomplish something instead of being kind of, you know, put his head out there to get chopped off all by himself. Right. No, that's a great point. And I mean, I experienced that during most of this, the pandemic, I was in, uh, I was in Delaware and my church, I mean, caved like a, a house of cards and um, wow. shut down. And so, yeah, it was a very lonely feeling uh, not having anybody around you wow. to stand up yeah. to tyranny. And I'm thankful now to be here uh, with, with a faithful church. But I, I think you hit the nail on the head there. That, I mean, we need strong Christian communities. That's where it starts. Uh, and that's where you have this, you know, with a faithful religious community, if you will, built on the Christian faith, of course. Now you can stand up in the civil sphere. But I know we're running out of time here, but, uh, you know, one of, the, one of the challenges to that, to that plea is that, well, we shouldn't be training our, you know, the people in the church to be involved in the civil sphere at all. And so, yeah, we maybe should have a strong community, uh, maybe do Sunday school and, and ladies' luncheons, but not get out there. So I want you to address that briefly, if you could, before we kind of wrap up with the outcome of this case. Yeah, and that's, I think, um, so I was born in 79, 1979. Um, so I know of kind of like what I grew up in, my experience, my generation, and I think uh, what happened during the last 40 years is you had conservatives were already getting complacent complacent in the uh, you know 50s and 60s and so forth. Wealth was really increasing significantly during those decades and then the 70s. Um, uh, and uh, poverty was declining until the civil rights legislation started to kick in in 64, 65. But um, – you had a generation of Christians who had gotten soft and had stopped like working those civic muscles of what it meant to be a good citizen in society, not just a good church member, but a good citizen in society. And, and so there's this significant complacency that crept in. And so I think that's how we began to interpret uh, the Bible that, Hey, we just need to be at peace with all men. We need to be just good neighbors uh, we need to go to church, and then we need to, you know, have a wife and three kids and a two-car garage. And so that became kind of, I think, um, the 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 desire outcome of what it meant to be in community as a as a, as a church community or in a, you know just in a local community as a city. But the problem is, is you're start you're you're neglecting the lordship of Christ, the central um, the central. Mean, uh, meaning of what it means to be a Christian is that Jesus is Lord over all. And so as Christians, we need to recognize that that my mayor needs to submit to the Lordship of Christ. We need to recognize that our uh, my governor needs to submit to the Lordship of Christ. Jesus is Lord over all, and he calls everyone to bow uh, 
their knees to him. And so that means everyone should. And, and so what better, what better person to run our cities, to, to um, run our state, to run our nation than a Christian who submits to the Lordship of Christ? Like, I want, I want that guy over President Trump any day. Mm-hmm. I want that guy who submits to the Lordship of Christ over President Biden any day. I mean, I, I, you know, and because if God's law and God's word is good, and someone in that word of God is in that person's life. Well, why would we not want the righteous to 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 rule the cities? And of course, we know Proverbs says where the where the wicked you know where the cities where the wicked rule will, will fall. Mm-hmm. And and so we want I want good Christian um, um, men running for office because uh, you know they don't lie, they don't they they don't cheat, they they believe in the word of God, they confess their sins. Uh, you know what better people should we we, should we you know what a blessing that would be to a city um for have christians run it and so all we're doing is we're set we're slivering out we're cutting off a section of the bible and saying no the lordship of christ doesn't apply to politics the lordship of christ applies to our church applies to my family but it doesn't apply to politics and i actually i want to apply the lordship of christ to everything which means i want to encourage christians to get into everything to do to be a good citizen uh, and, and so that's where I would want to push that into the corners and say, you know, man, run for county commissioner, run for uh, city council, run for your local school board. I'm against public schools, but man, I'll, why not have Christians run our public schools? <laughs> because we know eventually what would happen if all the Christians ran the public school. <laughs> They'd probably shut down. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, yeah, that's definitely a charge that we need to hear. And um we we need to take the lordship of Christ into every area of life because that's the good news. And we've we we, we still as a church we still kind of understand that. Well, yeah, the Christian faith is better than other faiths. I mean, the Christian church. I mean, there's been people that have denied that. But we still kind of recognize. Well, yeah, the Christian faith is better than other faiths. It's the true faith. The other faiths are false. But then when we come to the civil sphere, right. it's like, well, no, nah, the Christian faith really isn't better here. You know, we'd be fine with a humanistic religion, and uh, you know that. That's well, and that goes back into you know, like the the seventies, the sixties, seventies, eighties, where Christians, I think, really believed in the idea and the concept that there is a possible neutral grounds that you know non Christians and Christians and liberals and conservatives can meet at, and ha- and that's what we call the city. You know, that's what we call the city politics, whatever. And that ground is not neutral. Nothing is neutral. And we, we were duped into believing that that ground was neutral. And the liberals, I think they really they knew nothing was neutral. I actually believe the liberals believed nothing was neutral. And that's why um, we had that play run on us. We got um, passive and we got uh, complacent, thinking that it could be neutral. And this is why we now have gay marriage. This is why we now have um, transgendered confusion all the way down into our high schools. And this is why, you know, why Christian cake bakers are being sued to bake cakes for gay weddings is because the liberals believed it wasn't neutral. We just want you to think it's neutral. We want to pretend it's neutral because we got a play we're going to run and they've run it successfully in the last 40 years. Yeah. And we've really let them in because I mean, we've even bought into this idea of even, I I would argue even the idea of religious freedom uh, is really a a perversion of, of the liberty of the conscience. But the Christians have said, fine, you know, Christ isn't Lord over the entire society, but give us a little area here where he can be Lord, and now the pagans are saying, okay, 
yeah, Christ is not Lord uh, over everything. And now, actually, we want to get into that little religious freedom space as well. So, uh, yeah, it's either, it's either Christ or chaos. Well, we're running out of time, Gabe. Can you maybe just briefly end this by kind of letting our listeners know what was the outcome? I know that was two years, you know, yeah, uh, almost three years ago. Uh, yep. So uh, what, what happened? What was, what was the result here? Yeah, good. Um, so the Thomas More Society were awesome and all this. They backed me up uh, starting in September, October 2020. And they helped me with my criminal case. So I had my criminal case. I won my criminal case in uh, January uh, 2021. So it took about three months to win my criminal case, and I won it. And then I, uh, with counsel from Thomas More Society, turned around and sued my city in a federal uh, court. It's a, what they call kind of a 1983, Section 1983 claim. And so I sued for, for violating my First and Fourth Amendment rights. And then it took me, I had to find my city for three years for that. Three years. And I finally won last week. Uh, and the judge just um, slapped them silly in the decision. They're like, he said, like, this case should never go to court. He said, this is just, a, this is such egregious um, derelict. I mean, like, uh, uh, this is incompetence. I mean, he used all these words. Where he just slapped them hard. And, and so I, I entered into a settlement uh, in March, and it's a 1983 kind of claim settlement. So it's uh, there's a number of factors that come into play: what we can negotiate, what we can't, and we're still I'm still sorting through that with all my lawyers. Yeah. Well, good to hear that. Uh, in this case, uh, justice was done, or at least injustice was not uh, continued against you. It was obviously an injustice in the first place, but it's good to hear that. Yeah. Well, well Gabe, thank well, you. It's a reminder. It's, I would say it's a reminder nationwide too that that mayors and city councilors cannot take your First Amendment rights away during a pandemic. So it has national implications on what happened. So I'm very grateful for the bigger victory in that. And, you know, this is we, we have to remind our civil magistrates to act right and appropriately. Yeah, yeah, amen. Well, uh, one more time, where can people go to find uh, find out more about you, Gabe? Yeah, I, I host a political show called Cross Politic. That's Jesus Lord over politics, crosspolitic.com. And then my, my uh, personal website where a bunch of this, you can actually find the, um, my press release, you can find the judge's decision. You can go to my website, GabeRinch.com. That's G-A-B-R-E-N-C-H.com. And uh, there's some uh, good information on all this, some old interviews. Some uh, I was on Laura Ingram, uh, the, the press releases, the court documents. It's a, it's a fun page to go visit and all this. All right, well, I will be sure to, uh, to link that as well. Uh, again, for more information on the Lancaster Patriot, go to LancasterPatriot.com. Subscribe to our newspaper. We will deliver anywhere, including all the way out to Idaho. So check us out, Gabe. And, uh, yeah, until next time, Gabe, thanks so much for joining us. I really appreciate that. Thanks for having me, Chris. Yep. All right, until next time, God bless and Godspeed. <laughs>